how can I even know what I need, let alone the students, when my head is swimming? It's not a silly question. Come grab a cuppa, join me, Carly Thompson, for a little spiritual soul timeout as we learn about the art of listening with our whole being. In her book, Atlas of the Heart, Brene Brown writes, Connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. But how can we give and receive the gift of seeing, hearing and valuing others when our own head is swimming with all the things we need to do? The things to improve, the things we messed up, the things we are anxious about or stressed about. Anne Voskamp writes, listening is a radical act of humility. Radical act of humility. It's a gift to be heard and seen and valued. Have you ever been in a conversation where you're trying to tell somebody something but they're not hearing you, but then they're trying to tell you something and you're not hearing them either? Sometimes we are so caught up in our own thoughts that we forget to listen and to truly listen to other people. Listening is a gift Placing value on that person by giving them our ear is a gift. In essence, we cannot truly receive or give the gifts of seeing and being seen, of listening and being heard, and of placing value and receiving value until we create space in our heads and hearts to be still and to listen first to our Creator. The Bible encourages us in this over and over. In Psalm 62 verse 5, we read, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is in Him. This sense of waiting in silence, opening our heart and our mind to Him, it creates space in our brain, it gives us breathing room, It allows us to be heard, to be seen, to be loved. Job 6, 24, teach me and I will be silent. Make me understand how I have gone astray. Psalm 131, verse 2, but I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul. As teachers, we know that our students often need a little calm corner time or a mindfulness activity when they've come in from the playground. We know that sometimes issues have taken place and they just need a little calm space to be able to truly share and truly listen. So we create that space and time for them. The same goes for you and I. When do you intentionally create space to listen? 
first to God, then to the state of your soul. When do you take time to create meaningful connection with the one who created you, who loves you, who sees you, who listens to you and values you deeply? Why not give this spiritual practice a go before you jump into bed each night with a little peppermint tea in hand? You can really do it at any time in the day, but for me, it works well at nighttime before I go to bed. And it's a spiritual practice called the Daily Examine. You can read more about it in a blog post I wrote. I'll link it in the show notes for you. I use this exercise to help clear my mind of all the things that, you know, make your head get a bit swimmy. It allows time for me to listen, to hear from God and just be attentive to the movement of God in my life, to know that I've been heard and I've been seen by him. And it's often a time where I feel really valued by God. I first came across this exercise through my spiritual mentor who then recommended I read The Ignatian Adventure, Experiencing the Spiritual Exercises of St. Ignatius in Daily Life. Author Kevin O'Brien writes, St. Ignatius believed that we can find God in all things, in every moment, even in the most ordinary times. And I couldn't agree more. I like to jump into my bed at the end of the night, like I said, with a little peppermint tea. And I start with a little mindfulness of God moment. I consider all that I can see and hear and taste and smell and touch and how I'm feeling in that moment. Then I work my way through these five exercises. Okay, I don't actually always do all of them because sometimes I fall asleep. That is the reality of being a teacher, right? Can't even make it through a page of a book sometimes before bed. But you find what works for you. You might use one of these. You might use a couple of them. um, You might fall asleep in the middle of them. Whatever works for you. The first one is pray for God's help. I ask God and I take time thinking about this. I ask him to help me to be deeply grateful and honest as I think about what happened in this day. Reflecting on the day helps you to be aware and awake to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and through your life and through others. It helps you to contemplate the world the way God may have seen it this day. It's a beautiful practice of gratitude. It helps you to Be awake and aware of your own actions and movements as well, but also to be attentive to what God has been doing. The second step is to give thanks for the gifts of this day. Research already tells us the many benefits of gratitude in our lives, right? Improved sleep, improved emotional regulation, increased happiness, Uh, fosters hope for the future, reduces stress, burnout, symptoms of PTSD, plus it increases your resilience. All really good things. So go through the details of this day and discover the gifts. Thank God for them. Kevin suggests to just let the day go through you alongside the gentle guidance of God. If you struggle with this gratitude, maybe life's been a little bit tough and the glass has been half empty. Can I encourage you to read Anne Voskamp's book, 1000 Gifts? 
a dare to live fully right where you are. In it, she shares so much of her own story of finding gratitude, um, thankfulness after some really tough things that happen in her life. And she challenges you to daily write some of the little gifts, some of the things that you're grateful for, even if it's the tiniest little thing until you reach 1,000 or more. The third part is to pray over the significant feelings that surface as you replay the day. God is sometimes speaking to us through our interior movements. These movements can look like your feelings, your emotions, your desires, your attractions, your repulsions, and your moods. Being attentive to these interior movements may help you discern some of your feelings of grief, of joy, of regret, of anxiety, hope, self-doubt, excitement, confusion, and more. Feelings actually help us to locate where we are at. It's not bad to feel all the feels. It's actually what we do with those feelings that can lead us down paths that we might regret. But it is such a gift to have emotions so we can figure out where we're at and perhaps why we're feeling those things. I usually just pick one or two things that stand out and ask God to help me discern why I'm feeling these things. A couple of questions I ask myself are, did these feelings draw me closer to my creator? Did they help me grow in my faith? Did I move toward Jesus more? Did they make me feel whole and alive or human? Did they challenge me to grow or connect? Did these feelings lead me away from God, make me less faithful or loving? Was I more self-centered or anxious? Was I lured into self-doubt and confusion? Did it lead to relationship breakdown? Number four is to rejoice and seek forgiveness. Often as I've discerned the interior movement within, I can either feel great joy over the work of the Holy Spirit or I can feel great shame or sorrow at times. Take it all to him and ask for forgiveness and rest in the fact that you are forgiven and that no one is perfect. Oh my goodness, no one is perfect. We can pretend, but we are not perfect. We all fall short. God is at work in all of our lives that we can be confident in. We're imperfect, perfectly imperfect, in fact, and God is at work. You are a masterpiece in progress, my friend. Thank him for the grace of awareness because awareness is the beginning of healing and restoration in our lives. The last one, number five, is look to tomorrow. God is with you right now and always. Thank him for the day to come and ask him for anything specific you need. So just say you've got a a big work meeting and you need to be brave and have some tough conversations, ask him to go before you. Ask him to give you wisdom. Ask him to guide you. Pray over that. Ask for God's help with those things. This is a beautiful way to end your prayers. Creating space to listen first to God and then our souls helps us to feel seen, heard, and valued by the one who created us. But it also allows us the grace to see, hear, and value others just as we have been. 
Today, I will create space to listen to my Creator. He sees me. He hears me. He loves me. I can see others, hear others, and value others too. Thanks for joining me for episode eight of It's Not a Silly Question, a spiritual soul timeout for teachers. You can email me your so-called silly questions around soul care or teacher hacks or spiritual growth at carlythompson.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review, hit subscribe or share this with your teacher friends. That would be such a blessing. Remember, creating space to listen to your creator helps you feel seen, heard and valued so you can see, hear and value others also in a radical act of humility and love. In her book, The Greatest Gift, Anne Voskamp writes, So slow down to feel the wind. Listen to the carols just a little bit longer. Linger in the quiet and taste the grace of now. And know that He is good and He is God. Name them in this moment, gift upon gift, and listen for the echo in everything. I will bless you.